Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9. Over the last few weeks, I have encouraged you to pray these three aspects of a prayer. First, Lord, will you give me a heart that wants to give? It's where it all starts. Secondly, Lord, will you give me a cheerful heart as I consider giving to you? And third, Lord, what do you want to do through me to help accomplish your will for our church? Now, if you've been coming to our church since I've been here, you maybe took note and and thought, well, you know what, I don't remember Dale ever preaching four times in a row on stewardship. You would be right with that. I was thinking about that this week, and it reminded me of in my previous church when I would preach about stewardship, that there was a pastor that uh, worshipped at our church, another pastor, not on staff, and he came up to me after listening to me for a couple of years and noticing one thing about that, and he said, will you quit apologizing for preaching the Word of God? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, every time you preach on stewardship, you start out, and I did, you start out the sermon by saying, now look, if you're visiting here, I want you to know that I don't preach about this every week and we're not after your money. And I went through all these, all these, these uh, uh, things just before I could ever get to the sermon. He said, you've got to quit apologizing for preaching the word of God. And so ever since then, I've quit apologizing ever for that. But let me give you a little perspective in terms of stewardship and and the scriptural message. Jesus literally talked about money more than he talked about any other subject. More times. 88 times in Matthew, 54 times in Mark, 92 times in Luke. 16 of the 38 parables are about the right use of possessions. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about heaven or hell, the Trinity, or even salvation. Now, why would that be? How could that possibly be? Is is that the most important subject there is? And, of course, the answer is no, it's not, because that's the most important subject. But it may be the most revealing subject subject. It may be that thing which is here in in this created earth that reveals more about our heart, that is more prone to draw us from God or toward God than any other created thing. And so Jesus talked about it. And so I've come to believe that a church can never thrive without talking about those things that Jesus talked about. It would be disobedient to soft-pedal things that Jesus never soft-pedaled. 
as we read the scripture today, we have been in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. We pick up with verse 11 of chapter 9. Paul, under the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit, says, You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. And now, Lord, we do ask that you would teach us from your word. Give us your perspective. That's all we ask for. And then open our hearts. Give us hearts that want to be obedient to you, be used by you. Submit to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As we conclude this series, I want to remind you where we have been, and I want to do it in a visual way, and I have asked my daughter, Abby, to help me with this. Abby? Now, I've got to tell you, everybody look up here, don't look up at her, because she's very nervous about this, because she doesn't know what's going to happen here. You need to hold it right there. This is Abby. She is my youngest daughter. And uh, I, you don't know what's going to happen, do you? No, sir. And so uh, all week long at supper time, she would say, so what, you know, and she would try to get it from me. And did I give you any answers? <laughs> Not at all. Okay. So, but I told you you'd be happy you did this, right? Okay. All right. Now I'm going to take out my wallet here. And you know, you know how much I love you. Okay. Now, as you look in this, you see that money? Whose money is this? Yours. Okay, it's, and it's all mine, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm taking, as usual, taking it all out. <laughs> now, I'm going to let you count. This is real money. I promise you it is. See, that's 80, 90, $100, okay? Is that $100? Okay. I'm going to give this to you. Oh, don't act like you're not used to that. Okay, now, um, I've given that to you. Did you do anything to earn that? No. Okay. Uh, why did I give it to you instead of others here? Because I'm your daughter and you love me. Okay. That's right. Um, would you mind giving me back 10 of those dollars? No. Okay. 
Okay, thank you. Uh, how about 15? Okay. Did that hurt? No. Okay. Uh, are you happy to give this to me? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I want you to keep the rest. In fact, you can buy your lunch today with it. Um, she'll probably be with me and I'll buy it anyway. But, uh. <laughs> and then beyond that, the only thing I ask of you is to use it in such a way that when I check back with you, and I will, as you know, when I check back with you and I say, what would you use that money for, that I'll be pleased with that. Okay? Can you live by that? Yes. Okay. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. I mean, by the way, wait till her older brothers and sister here. <laughs> Because when I did it with them, it was $10. And so they'll say the baby always, uh, always gets it. That's where we've been. It all belongs to God. He gives it to us so that we can give. And then we enjoy. And even giving ought not to be a task when we first realize it's all from Him. Isn't that easy? That's where we have been. Now, I want us to notice in this text today about how intertwined our giving is with other people. In verse 12, we see that others are going to benefit, it says, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God, supplying the needs of the saints. This is the, the horizontal fruit of giving. We have opportunities to help others, and usually the way that God helps others here on this earth is through His people. That's usually, and by the way, when there are needs in a community and needs in the world, you know where the help comes from. It's the church and believers, usually, that are there first. And they're there last. And they don't get the publicity, but that's okay. But that's the case. So it's this horizontal way. Back in chapter 8, uh, we see uh, what God had said about the purpose of your being helped. Verse 14. Um, start with 13. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that is a matter of fairness. Your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your needs. So there is this, this back and forth that works be on, a, on a horizontal level. Now, here's the point. Remember that our giving is based on the fact of God, by His grace, gave it all to us. We see that illustrated in the cross. The Trinity, by its very nature, is giving. And so we, as re we reflect that we are givers as well. 
but I want you to see something else that it results in. And this is a very practical thing that when we give, our, our giving will result in. Uh, verse 12 and 13, more praise and thanks to God. Now think about this. It's saying that we can actually be responsible for increasing the praise of God. Now that's a pretty amazing thing that it says there. I mean, it's a wonderful thing for us to be able to praise God, but to be responsible for others praising Him even more. Verse 12, For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Verse 13, By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, they will glorify God because of your giving. That's that's what it said back here. Now the question is, is that true here as well? Has that ever happened at St. Andrew's or because of St. Andrew's? I want to illustrate it on three levels. First of all, in terms of fulfilling this, fulfilling that others will praise God, there will be thanksgiving because of our giving. First of all, we see that globally. Say, well, you know, you must think a lot of yourself to think that's the case. No. No, this is, this is fact. It's it's not reflecting on us. It's reflecting on God who has given to us and enabled us to give and in turn others have benefited in terms of globally. You know our areas of focus we mentioned today, Bulgaria. Our, Our three major areas in addition to Bulgaria are Ukraine, England, and Haiti. This week on Wednesday, Sergei and Luda were here from Ukraine. They shared about uh, numerous things that are going on in that uh, city of Belgrade where we have partnered with a a place where there was no church, there was no clinic, and because of your giving and because of people in this church, there is a clinic and there is a church. Now, others have partnered. We're not the only ones. But in that clinic, some 12,000 visits every year in this Christian clinic where people are treated differently than they are in any institution over there because of Christ. There is a church in that town, and we partner with them. The gospel is going out. We have just uh, supplied some funds so that some materials, evangelistic materials, can be supplied to not only that church but other pastors over there. Because of your giving, there are people in Ukraine coming to Christ. There are believers that are growing. There is praise to God because of your giving. In England, it's such a difficult place 
to minister. The church has dried up. And yet, there are faithful people there. It is a one-at-a-time kind of ministry, grinding it out. But there are faithful pastors and workers there. Because of your giving, there is, in London, a church. A church where Muslims and former Muslims are ministered to in their native tongue of Farsi. It's amazing that we had the privilege to partner in that. I I, I don't know if you can even grasp how big a thing that is, how unusual that is. There are people who are praising God because of your partnership with them. We partner uh, in Haiti as well, as you know. And that's a whole different atmosphere there. Where as we heard in recent weeks where a church opens up and all of a sudden there are hundreds there. And there are dozens and dozens of professions of faith. God is working in Haiti. And we have the privilege to be a part of that. Because of your giving, there is thanksgiving going out to God and praise and glory given to His name. We partner with the church plant right here in Columbia, over in Blythewood. And you know what our denomination has found, like most denominations have found? And that is that most professions of faith in the church happen in new churches. That's one reason our denomination is so strong on church planting. And we are partnering with that church in Blythewood. It's a privilege for us to do that. But even that is considered global. Now, some of you may say, you know what, that's what turns me on in terms of giving. I love to give to missions. So I w- I'm going to, in fact, you've just convinced me, Dale, I'm going I'm to direct all my money to missions. Well, if God convinces you of that, then that's what you need to do. But let me tell you about what I call the, the uh, not the vicious cycle, the unvicious cycle, or the cycle of the kingdom. We know, we know that God blesses a missions-minded church. Churches all over the world will tell you that. Churches that look outside of themselves uh, are blessed by God. God has given us growth, and we are continuing in our commitment to missions. And because of those blessings of growth, we need to take care of those that He has sent to us and to prepare for more. We don't have room right now for those that we minister to all week long. So we're expanding our facilities for Christian education and for Sunday school and for youth and for children and for outreach and and for fellowship so that every active member of this church would benefit from that which we have planned in this next building. But as we do and we continue to grow, as we grow, our support for world missions will grow. And so you see this cycle of the kingdom where, where it feeds on itself. It's a glorious cycle. It's a good thing. As we grow, our opportunity to minister to our town, 
and to our state and our country and the world grows as well. It is global. It's global. Secondly, not only is it global, but it is local. We have our worship and, and arts ministry here. You've enjoyed it this morning. We enjoy it every single uh, Sunday morning. Not a single uh, inquirer's class since I've been here has happened when uh, we haven't had people in that class. On the first night of the class, generally we come to our house for dinner. And one thing we do after dinner is I say, what brought you to St. Andrews and what has kept you there? And there's all kinds of answers, and it's always very encouraging. But every single class we have had, some of the people there, and sometimes many of them, sometimes all of them, have mentioned our music and worship as being one of the keys. We have a music and arts camp as an outreach to our community. It, you know, it fills up almost immediately. There are people on a waiting list right now for it, and we just opened it up this week, correct? And uh, al already uh, we've closed it out, and there are people on a waiting list. Our Palmetto Artist Series that was mentioned earlier, regularly I have people, and I have very little to do with it other than I open in prayer at the beginning, but, uh, but then as I walk around and so on, I regularly have people uh, come up to me and say, thank you for doing this for our community. They appreciate it. They, they know of our church, some people, because of that ministry. It's local. We have another ministry. In God's providence, this church, as you know, is across the street from a school where all the sixth graders in this area come. Crossroads. God providentially placed us here. Also in his providence, it is still legal for us to offer Bible classes during the school day as an elective and to go over uh, for children, uh, youth who have signed up and escort them over here and teach them the Bible and then escort them back. And we are free to teach whatever we can at this point. We are going to enjoy that as long as that is legal. And we are committed to that. It's, we call it School Time Bible. Let me read to you uh, what a couple of parents said. These are not parents from our church. My son would come home and share with our family the things he had learned in class that day. It's impacting not just the students, but their families. Another parent. Both my son and daughter went through the school time Bible course at Crossroads, and it was one of the best things I could have ever done for my children. We attend church, and they go to youth group, but at the school time Bible, they develop more knowledge and understanding of the basic foundations of Christianity than I have seen them gain in years of attending uh, our church and youth group. We are impacting our community and, and families and other churches in our community. But here to me is the best part. This year, 38 of those students 
made professions of faith in Christ. Folks, you can't pay for that. To me, it would be worth it if just those other things were happening. It would be more than worth it if just one one young person came to Christ. What an amazing opportunity we have here. It's impacting children and families. It is global. And it is local, as we see. And that's just one of our other ministries. But it's also personal. And many of you already know this. Many of you have, uh, I hope you have read this prayer and testimony devotional written by people in our church. You know what I heard over and over about this? People saying, I know you're supposed to read one a day, but I sat down, I couldn't quit, I read the whole thing. You know what, I did that too. And then I'm going back and reading it. You know what the theme is in this? Nobody was given a theme. You know what it is though? What I saw over and over and over again? Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. God's faithfulness. It's personal. I heard about a little boy, eight years old. He lived in a neighborhood near a church. And he saw at that church one evening, he saw what looked like some kids having some fun. So, so he walked over there. Eight-year-old boys will do that. They'll wander off. And these kids were bigger. They were high school age. And they said, well, you need to go find your class. He said, where's that? And they said, well, at the building. So he went in the building, wandered around, landed in a class. He was there for a class. Afterwards, children's director realized, you know, all the parents were coming for the children. And here's this one. She realized he'd come by himself. She said, where do you live? So she walked him home. Got to his house. He was staying with his grandmother. His grandmother walked out and said, where have you been? He said, I wanted to go somewhere where I wouldn't get beat up. I went to the church. That happened here three weeks ago. That little eight-year-old is staying a block from our church. It is personal. God has called us here to this community He has called us now for such a time as this. I don't want you to limit your thinking in terms of giving just to a building, but instead in investing in the kingdom. 
the kingdom that needs to be extended in the, to the lives of believers and into the lives of those who don't yet know Christ. It's a movement you're investing in. And you, you're a part of it. Seeing people come to Christ here in Irmo, in Columbia, in Blythewood, in Charleston, in Ukraine, in England, in Bulgaria, in Haiti, in other parts of the world. What a privilege we have. And as you do that, it will result in thanks to God. That is an investment that you can never lose. Let's bow together.